0: From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet, streaming and text at wia.org.au. G'day,
1: I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA News for we commencing July the 22nd. Unlike a leopard, our sun can change its spots and does so. In fact, it's now some three weeks without spots. Sunspots, that is. The sun has been blank for 21 straight days plus, a remarkable three weeks without sunspots. This is an almost decade-class event. The last time the sun lost its spots for 21 consecutive days was in the year 2009, coming on the heels of an historic solar minimum. Prior was the Maunder minimum, between 1645 and 1715, when hardly any sunspots were observed. With the current stretch of blank suns, solar minimum conditions have definitely returned. Visit spaceweather.com to learn more about solar minimum and find out what it means to us mere Earthlings. We've had hi-fi, Wi-Fi and now Li-Fi is maybe set to be mobility for the 2020s. Li-Fi is a technology for wireless communication between devices using light to transmit data. LED lighting solutions are used for the transmission of visible light. Why would we want to use Li-Fi? Next decade, Li-Fi will be part of an integrated mobility mix with 5G, Wi-Fi and low-power radio solutions within built environments. Built environments handle 90% of mobile data, voice and information. How will Li-Fi impact mission-critical and business-critical communications? Who is expected to utilize the technology and Why? Lawrence McKenna, Telecommunications Section Manager, Wooden Greaves Engineers, is but one of many speakers due on stage July 26 in Brisbane during the Future Comms event. The future of mission-critical communications in Australia will be the main topic of discussion at this month's Comms Connect Brisbane conference. What mix of technologies will we be using in five or ten years' time? What will the networks of the future look like? Who will be operating them? And will hybrid solutions be the answer? Is DMR set to continue to grow in population, or will professional LTE be the new norm? Just as planned, an astronaut aboard the International Space Station kept her appointment with the students at the Essex Heights Primary School in Melbourne on the evening of Tuesday, July 17. Please go ahead, uh, Essex Heights, with your first question, Malavika.
2: My name is Malavika. Why did you want to be an astronaut? Over.
0: I I wanted to be an astronaut since I was about eight years old and I watched the space shuttle launch over and over again and I just knew at that time that space was where I wanted to be. It looked like one of the neatest places in the world and I felt like I belonged
1: there. Man of the moment and ex-WIA director Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, was at the school behind the event.
2: As the ISS approached Australia's southern coast at 27,500 kilometres per hour, The youngsters had their first conversations that took place more than 400 kilometres or almost 250 miles above the earth. Ham Radio made it possible. This is your little moment in history, your opportunity to do something that very few people are able to do, Moderate SCR and Morgan, M0XTD had told them. From the north, Shanlin VK4K8Z put out the call to astronaut Serena Ornan-Chancellor KG5TMT and Ciaran set out the discussion in motion from his QTH in England. The students cheered and then took it in turns at the microphone with their questions. How does the body react in space? What foods do you miss the most? For the children, it was Ham Radio's finest moments. As the dialogue went forward, courtesy of a telebridge between Shane in Queensland and NA1SS, the International Space Station Amateur Radio Club outside Washington, D.C., it lasted barely 10 minutes, but for those 12 children joined by 400 family and friends in the school hall, it would be a memory forever. The event was featured the following evening on Australia's Channel 7 news service and again the following night on Channel 10's The Project, a news and current events talk show. For the rest of the world, you can watch the YouTube video and pick up the link for that on the school's website. Visit www.essexheightsps.vic.edu.au I'm Robert Broomhead, VK3DN.
3: My name is Ariana. How long and what training did you do to be selected as an astronaut? Over. Hi, Ariana.
0: So the training can be very long. I was in school and went to university, and then I went to medical school after that and trained to be a doctor. And then once I got into the astronaut corps, i trained for many years to get ready for the mission, and once you're told you are selected for a mission, um, it's about two to three years of training to learn about all the science for that mission and then also the systems
1: on board the space station. A great event. Well done. From the WIA, VK1 WIA. The professional web e Communications Day, has picked up the news story from the WIA that expressed disappointment with ACMA's response to implementation of the five-year spectrum plan for amateurs. Jeff Long, Comms Day senior journalist, wrote, The national body representing amateur radio operators, the Wireless Institute of Australia, has told members it's disappointed with the Australian Communication and Media Authority's draft five-year spectrum outlook. Communications Day Australasia is Australia and New Zealand's most respected source of daily telecom industry news and commentary. It's a readership of close to 10,000 people.
3: Hi, this is WIA Director Peter VK8ZZ. Amateur radio exists for the purpose of self-training intercommunication and technical investigations. To accomplish these broad objectives, amateurs must be afforded reasonable access to the spectrum from the lowest frequencies to the highest. Yet, spectrum access is an increasingly valuable commodity. Commercial interests are willing to pay millions of dollars for access to those frequencies they can sell on as telecommunications providers. The radio spectrum is so valuable that even government and military users worldwide are under great pressure to relinquish frequencies for commercial exploitation. The surveys that were conducted by the WIA over the last 12 months showed that radio amateurs considered that the national and international representation was the most valuable function undertaken by the WIA. Members considered this to be even more valuable than the AR magazine. In such an environment, how can we Radio amateurs defend and retain, let alone expand, our spectrum access. By definition, our interest in radio is non-financial. We can hardly afford to compete on a dollar-for-dollar basis with commercial interests, nor can we compete with them on a national level. Our individual voices are too tiny to be heard over their expensive political lobbying. Radio amateurs easily could have been forced onto bands that would have been too narrow to support future growth. Instead, when the IARU was formed in 1925, they were able to ensure long-term allocations that we still know today as 160, 80, 40, 20 and 10 metres, with a 5 metre band that was moved to 6 metres after World War II. The other amateur bands we now enjoy were as the result of decades of patient effort through the IARU. In 1927, there were less than 30,000 radio amateurs licensed worldwide. The amateur radio movement has grown to 3 million worldwide today. The IARU has grown to include 150 national associations representing virtually every country with enough amateurs to form their own domestic organisation. The IARU, in their capacity as the peak body for amateur radio around the world, is is divided into three regions. Australia is part of the Asia-Pacific region, or Region 3, which has 30 member countries. Region 3 hold a meeting every three years. This year is the 17th such triennial event and is to be held in Seoul, Korea in early September. The WIA will send two representatives, Greg, VK2GPK, the Vice President of the WIA, and Dale, VK1DSH, to represent radio amateurs in Australia. Individual radio amateurs in Australia support the work of the IARU through their membership of the WIA. That support is vital to the future of amateur radio. The IARU is recognised by the International Telecommunications Union as the only representative of the interests of amateur radio worldwide. The IARU is our voice in the meeting rooms of the ITU and regional telecommunications organisations where the decisions affecting our future access to the radio spectrum are made. The agenda for the IARU meeting has some important items to consider over the five meeting days including harmonisation of amateur radio qualifications, band planning revisions, electromagnetic compatibility standards including wireless power transfer, amateur band recommendations to the ITU. Australia has an additional voice on the board of the IARU Region 3 through the representation of Peter VK3MV as a director on that board. That position is up for re-election this year and the WIA will sponsor the re-nomination of VK3MV to that board. More information is available on the WIA website and the, on the IARU website. Details in the text version of this broadcast. This has been Peter, VK8ZZ.
1: The Radio Amateur Society of Australia, RASA, a representative group, has submitted two documents to the ACMA in regard to both assessment of amateurs and also the call sign allocation process. Self-determination by the hobby is of great importance and the risk of devolution to commercial organisations is a real risk for all of us. All material provided to our regulator is important, so please have a look at what our members and contributors had to say by going to vkradioamateurs.org, and then get involved in these issues. Andrew, VK6AS, Secretary Rasa. From
0: Australia, this is
1: VK1WIA
0: and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on
4: RF, internet streaming and text at
0: wia.org.au
4: International News with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, RAC, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. The American Radio Relay League, ARRL, is beginning a process with the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, to try and keep non-amateur radio satellites from using amateur band frequencies. The ARRL is working to protect amateur radio frequencies against exploitation by commercial entities. However, there's also ongoing discussions to try and define what constitutes commercial use. For example, if the university staff build a CubeSat for educational use, does the fact that they were paid for their time mean it's a commercial endeavour? The arguments have potential to become complex and may possibly spill over to other parts of the world. CubeSats usually fly over many countries as a natural part of their low-Earth orbit, so it's possible that a frequency allocated in the USA might cause unexpected results elsewhere on the globe. IAR-UMS reports on intruders in ham radio spectrum. IARU Region 1 Monitoring System reports Iranian radars continue to intrude in the Amateur Radio Primary 28 MHz band and a digital signal from Sevastopol, Crimea causes interference on 7032 kHz. The International Amateur Radio Union Monitoring System, (IARUMS) Region 1 June 2018 newsletter can be read on the link in this week's text edition of WIA News on wia.org.au slovenia s5 the association of radio amateurs of slovenia zrs has informed the iaru region 1 hf manager that since july 14 2018 after updated national legislation related to the radio amateur service the 60 meter band is available to s5 radio amateurs as follows frequency band five three five one point five to 5366.5 kilohertz with power output at 15 watts eirp In Hungarian news, Hungary has regained access to 60 metres. The Hungarian National Media and Info Communications Authority has published an update to the National Frequency Allocations Table to provide amateur radio access to the band 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz at a maximum power of 15 watts EIRP per World Radio Communications Conference 2015. Although the WIA is working with the ACMA to enable we amateurs more access, it is still a WIA-ACMA work-in-progress situation. Previously, in Hungary, three-month permits were available to allow access to 5350 to 5450 kHz at 100 watts, but these were discontinued in 2017. 88 MHz transatlantic signals heard in Ireland. On Sunday the 8th of July 2018 there was a remarkable opening on the VHF bands across the North Atlantic. While there were plenty of strong multi-hop sporadic e-signals on the 28 MHz and 50 MHz bands, the maximum usable frequency did reach as high as 88 MHz at one stage. Paul Logan in Northern Ireland managed to catch CBC Radio 1 on 88.5 MHz from Newfoundland, Canada at 2135 UTC. It's very rare for openings on Band 2 across the Atlantic, and to date only two people have managed to succeed in hearing North American radio stations. Now it's even easier to tune to WIA National News and hear what's happening on the international scene, particularly for those in the gas area of VK2 and northern portions of VK1. G-S-H-A-R-S becomes G-STARS and adds a new DMR and 2-metre analogue repeater plus ARPSI gate in Yas and more. Goulburn and Southern Highlands Amateur Radio Society will be known as Goulburn and Southern Tablelands Amateur Radio Society G-STARS. This was the original name when the club started some 70 years ago, and the name change is effective immediately. Secondly, GSTARS has now been allocated frequencies for Mount Manton, which is 5.5 kilometres east of Yass, near the intersection of the Hume Highway and Barton Highway, operating under the callsign of VK2 RYS. This will be a great asset for Yass and North Canberra, and once everything's tested, the 2 metre analogue frequency will be linked to Goldbert and High Range repeaters, and the 70 centimetre DMR will be linked by Torque Group 8. APRSI gate will also be available. And if all goes well, the repeater should be operational by the end of August. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW.
2: Across Australia and around the world we go. From VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On EchoLink. it can be heard every Sunday morning at 10am local time via the HAM conference server. And now also on IRLP node 9556. The broadcast is set up to be repeater and link-friendly, so no more timeouts. All are welcome to connect up. Callbacks are taken, so please check in. Thanks. This is John, VK3HJQ.
5: Ham Radio Operational News. It's a contact sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. Let's look at next month. August 11-12, VK Remembrance Day Contest. August 18-19, Worldwide Lighthouse Alliance Weekend. August 25-26 Wild Contest A crack team of contestants from Lithuania has won the gold medal in the World Radio Sport Team Championship 2018, held over last weekend in Germany. Operating as Y81N, Geddes Lukaskas, LY9A and Mendes Juncker, LY4L, topped the real-time scoreboard for much of the event, which is held as a competition within a contest, in conjunction with the IAAU HF Championship the Lithuanian team posted a final score of just over five and a half million points, logging five thousand one hundred and thirty nine contacts, with a heavy emphasis on CW. WRTC twenty twenty two will take place in Bologna, Italy, the birthplace of Marconi. No doubt you have often heard me mention LOTW in these reports. LOTW is log logbook of the world. Now Charlie, N3CIT has made a YouTube video showing how to use the TQSL program to create and upload log files for satellite contacts via AWL's Logbook of the World. Watch the 7 minutes 33 second video on the link in this week's text edition. In the world of DX, listen for Carsten. OZ4CG operating through the 31st of July as OZ4SOP from Bornholm Island for the Sea of Peace Award. Send QSLs via LOTW. The V6J team will be active from Tai Island, Mudlock Islands, IOTA OC254 until the 31st of July on the HF bands, QSL via JP3AYQ. Jeff is active as YJ0GA from Efate, Vanuatu, OC035 until the 25th. He will operate CW and FT8 plus some SSB on 80 to 10 metres is active as SJ1SAP from the Gotland Island through to the 31st of July for the Sea of Peace Award. Send QSL via home call SM1TDE, LOTWNEQSL, or search on Clublog. Pista, ha 5 AO will arrive in Eswatini, Swaziland, on September the 14th. He plans to operate during his free time between September the 16th and 28th. From the Mountain Inn Resort in Mbabane. He received the 3DAO AO license and an LOTW certificate. 3DAO AO will operate 8 of the 10 meters CW Riddy and FT8. Log search will be available on ha5ao.com. His plans include testing a new feature of the PDXG QSL management platform, the uploading of QSOs in real time. While in country, he will travel to rural areas visiting villages, schools, and orphanages to deliver school supplies to orphan children. Get your park on announcing Get Your Park On a new North America WWFF Park Event. Three WWF countries have joined together for Get Your Park On, a North America WWFF Parks event that coincides with Earth Science Week activities around the globe. Purpose Get as many parks as possible in Canada, USA and Mexico on the air from october fourteenth to the twentieth, twenty eighteen, and hundreds throughout the world calling to log as many QSOs as possible with those parks during the event. Join the Get Your Park On Facebook group on http: colon forward slash forward slash getyourparkon.com forward slash to stay current with details and announcements about this exciting new event. Everybody, get your park on and get into the log. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK for a few a
0: From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au
6: Hello, I'm Bruce, VK3FFF, from Sunny Bendigo, Worldwide W Special Interest Group's final frontier. Analysts predict a golden age for CubeSats if they can get launched. If predictions from recent analyst reports are correct, CubeSat builders are about to enter a five-year period of intense growth as the commercial space industry transitions to small satellite-centric business models in order to meet demand for new applications and increased access to space. But the size of the growth spike will be dependent on the availability and cost of small satellite launch services. While demand clearly exists for CubeSats, the availability and cost of small satellite launch services remains a variable in the equation. Projected growth rates for small satellite launch services are not consistent with those projected for the spacecraft themselves. The second generation of CubeSats is in the BIRDS Constellation project and set for deployment from the ISS in early August using the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency's module's remote manipulator arm. BIRDS 2 CubeSats, Maya 1, Bhutan 1 and UITM Sat 1 have been built by students from Malaysia, Bhutan and the Philippines. All CubeSats have identical designs and utilise the same frequencies. While independently made, operation and control of the three CubeSats will be shared by three teams after the Cubas are released into space. All three CubeSats will transmit a CW beacon on 437 375 megahertz. They will be operational for six months the three will form a constellation orbiting the earth from different places. This will provide the countries more opportunities to make measurements and run experiments than just with using one CubeSat. The primary mission of BIRDS2 CubeSat constellation is to provide digital message relay service to the amateur radio community by means of an onboard APRS digipeter on a frequency of 145.8 Two 5 megahertz. WW Special Interest Group's ILLW ILLW and Old Lighthouses A recent entry from a German amateur, DL1BWU, related to what could possibly be the oldest lighthouse entered in the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend, ILLW, since its inception 21 years ago. The lighthouse is located in Skagen, Denmark and was built in 1747. Yes, 1747. It's referred to as the White Lighthouse. It is in remarkable condition for its age. It became inactive in 1858 when another lighthouse was built about one mile away called the Grey Lighthouse. One of the objectives of the ILLW is to encourage the restoration of lighthouses all around the world. Skagen is a classic example of what can be done to that end with both the white and grey lighthouses. WW Special Interest Group Maritime A new cultural exchange-based radioactivity, International Youth at Sea, has been organised by the Finnish Lighthouse Society, the Amateur Radio League of Finland, the OHDX Foundation and DX University. The first team will activate Market Reef Lighthouse as OJ0C from the 21st to the 28th of July. The 2018 youth team members are all between 6 and 25 years old. Yes, 6. They will be participating in daily workshops of safety and survival at sea in the remote lighthouse. In addition, they will become familiar with the latest digital modes and, most important, learning how to operate the radio efficiently, providing OJ0C with contacts and handling pile-ups. WW Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Young Timers. Youngsters on the Air features satellite operation. The Yota event is scheduled for August 8-15 to 15, 2018 in South Africa. Events include a high-altitude balloon launch, building a model CubeSat and instruction on working amateur satellites. For more information, Google Yota ZS Newsletter 1. Worldwide Special Interest Group's SDR, Kiwi SDR TDOA Direction Finding now freely available. An online network of Kiwi SDR radios enables you to pinpoint the location of stations using time difference of arrival TDOA direction finding techniques. The RTL SDR site has published an article about the online radios. The Kiwi SDR is a US $299 HF SDR that can monitor the entire 0 to 30 MHz band at once. It is designed to be web-based and shared, meaning that the Kiwi SDR owner, or anyone that they've given access, can tune and listen to it via a web browser over the internet. Special Interest Groups 6 and above A radio amateur in Japan has completed WAS on 6 metres. TAC, JA7QVI, has fulfilled all requirements for the Worked All States, USA States Award on 6 metres. New Jersey was the last state he needed to work and he managed a moon bounce contact as well as a conventional ionospheric contact. It's quite possible that JA7QVI is the first radio amateur to earn WAS on 6 metres from Japan. TAC has been working on achieving WAS on 6 metres since 1977. JA7QVI now has accomplished WAS on 10 bands, 160 through to 6 metres. I'm Bruce, VK3 Fox, 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 from sunny Bendigo.
1: Socially speaking, and if you're into QRP, home brewing and HF antennas, don't dare miss Melbourne's QRP by the bay. Enthusiastic amateurs will gather on Chelsea Beach and show off projects, demonstrate antennas and swap experiences. If you've just got your ham ticket and haven't done much HF, it's a great opportunity to see how it's done with 5 or 10 watts. It's easier than you think. BK3YE Peter Parker told WIA National News that the venue will be Chelsea Beach near Victory Park and the Chelsea Long Beach Surf Lifesaving Club Saturday July 28 from 3pm. QRP by the Bay is an informal gathering held three times a year. So bring any radio related projects, equipment, antenna or accessories. Stay as short or as long as you like. The venue is family friendly with numerous parks and food outlets nearby. 2018 is the second time they're having one in winter, following good attendance last year. And afterwards it's tea at a cosy Peruvian restaurant just around the corner. August 4, VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. September 21 to 23 in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM weekend at Lake Maraboon. September 28 through October 1 in VK4, Cardwell Gathering. November 11, VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest. November 17 in VK7, VK7 Hamfest, Mianna Community Centre, and November 18 in VK3, the Rosebud Radio Fest. And looking ahead to 2019 on the social scene, May 3 to May 6 in VK4, the Clareview Gathering, Clareview between Mackay and Rockhampton. Now till next we meet. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly.